0: Hello Curiosity Seekers and Adventurous Thinkers, welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's Chief Curiosity Seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's Chief Experience Producer and Favorite Sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, Curiosity. Each week, fun and formal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think.
1: I was working on the latest course for LinkedIn Learning, Recognizing and Rewarding Your Workers, and doing some research on the different trends and recognition and rewards, our applied curiosity approach. And I started thinking about the quintessential lesson in motivation science, which is you don't want to give a reward or an extrinsic motivator for something that someone is intrinsically or naturally motivated to do. For example, let's say you make your boss some casserole, you grew the vegetables, you just love doing it, and you brought your boss some casserole. And they were very appreciative. Oh, my God, this is great. And then a couple of days later, they say, you know... I really want to pay you twenty dollars for that casserole, <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, first of all, I did it because I wanted to do it, and then twenty dollars—I mean, that wouldn't even pay for half of the ingredients." <laughs> but that is an example, kind of a basic example of creating an a, an extrinsic motivator for something that you're intrinsically motivated to do, and it's a total demotivator. I started thinking about the definitions of how we perceive genius. What makes someone a genius? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about the fact that the way we recognize and reward our workers or, you or, know, or we are recognized or rewarded in a work environment is totally counter to the definition of genius that I think is most accurate. And that's Paul Graham's definition of genius. Do I know what it is? Of course. Let's start with Merriam-Webster definition of genius. Yeah. A person who displays exceptional intellectual ability creative productivity universality in genres or originality typically to the degree that's associated with the achievement of new advances in a domain of knowledge okay so I know that's, who
0: that is <laughs> so that makes sense yeah
1: we kind of know that like einstein yeah.
0: or whatever john harrington who that? <laughs> he's the guy that invented the flush the flusher the toilet flusher. <laughs> I don't know that that
1: would come to mind when I think of genius. That's not necessarily
0: <laughs> Albert Einstein and John Harrington. Absolutely. <laughs> what did that other guy? What's that other guy's name? Paul Graham, what, what and did he, he say?
1: has the bus. He's the one that came up with the bus ticket theory of mm. genius, which oh, I'll yes. get into because it's I love it, but it's arguably a unique definition of genius. He talks about two ingredients, natural ability and determination. Those are common. Mm-hmm. But the third ingredient is the one that differentiates his, which is an obsessive disinterest. It's an obsessive interest in a particular topic, but it's a disinterested Wait. interest. Not They're not, not uninterested. So disinterest meaning So what? uninterested person is bored or unconcerned or indifferent. A disinterested person is impartial, Unbiased or has no stake in the outcome. Like, for example, if you're on trial, you want a disinterested judge, not oh, an uninterested judge. That
0: feels wrong, but I guess that makes sense. But it feels wrong. I'm right. disinterested.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I'm going to start saying that. I wonder what the reaction will be if I say I'm disinterested in this conversation. People will be insulted. <laughs> well, like if you're judging debate, you could say I'm a disinterested judge. Right, and they
1: oh, blah, blah impartial. Blah. Exactly. You could test your your students to see. Before I get into Paul Graham's uh, bus ticket theory of genius, ready for the curiosity bite? I am. How do you define
0: genius? Well, I think I would define it as someone who is really good at something or really knowledgeable at something and shares it in a way that can change the world or change something that the thing that they're interested in that that's my that's the jennifer fellberg definition of genius <laughs> all right so when you think of genius who comes to mind albert einstein yep. i think
1: homer homer <laughs> no
0: <laughs> No, i know i know i'm not that stupid
1: <laughs> leonardo da vinci <laughs> madame curie yeah shakespeare mozart oh yeah galileo
0: uh, Michael Jordan.
1: Oh, good one. Yo, yo, ma. Yeah. Those are traditional geniuses. The bus ticket theory of genius. Again, the ingredients, natural ability, determination and an obsessive interest in a particular topic, but a disinterest. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. This is how he came up with it. So people collect old bus tickets. Many people that you know. I was like, <laughs> that's
0: really sad, but okay. <laughs> or stamps or whatever. And maybe I used to collect rubbery the rubbery things off the back of bottle caps. I'll
1: never forget when I went to one of Dane's drawers when he was like three. Oy. And he had been collecting banana peel. I'm like, <laughs> oh, why are all no!
0: these fruit flies? <laughs> yeah. That is
1: not a thing to collect. No, well, no <laughs> offense, but I want... I- I- He's no genius. He's no genius. (laughs) Like many collectors, these people who collect old bus tickets or fill in the blank something that's just kind of a silly, not collecting something that has value, but they have an obsessive interest in the minutia. They can keep track of all the distinctions, the different types of bus tickets that would be hard for the rest of us to even remember. And we don't care enough to remember. That's right. And so what's the point of spending so much time thinking about bus tickets? And this leads to the second feature of his bus ticket theory. There is no point. A bus ticket collector's love is disinterested. They're not doing it to impress us or to make themselves rich, but for their own sake. And his contention is when you look at the lives of people who've done great work, you see this consistent pattern. They often begin with a bus ticket collector's obsessive interest in something that would seem pointless to most of their contemporaries. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, isn't that laying the groundwork for something?" You know, you're doing this so that you can build a business or you can create something that is impressive. But it's not really about laying the groundwork because that's too much intention. There's too much intention in that motiva- in that uh, metaphor. I see they're doing it because they like it. So, what do you think of that? Well, uh, that definition? makes sense.
0: I mean, that makes sense. You know, like Ada Lovelace. She was a she was really into math. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying the word that puts you to sleep? She was really into math and she that was just her passion. And she is known as the first person to create a computer program, working with other people. So that makes sense. She wasn't really out to create a computer program. She was just really obsessed with math. <laughs> math. So she wasn't trying to solve some
1: math problem? No,
0: no. Being obsessed with math, she fell in with other people who like to do math and then they all in about the mid 1800s came up with the first computer program what are you obsessed with are you obsessed with anything obsessed i think is pretty strong i have some strong interests i i like vocal music i like to sing vocal music i like to study vocal music i love harmony i love where placement of the voice i yeah that's something that i'm really like when
1: you listen to the radio do you analyze it constantly the vo- oh you do yeah
0: and I'm constantly analyzing other people when they're singing and speaking. I, I actually am pretty obsessed with, not obsessed, but I'm pretty interested in other people's voices.
1: Not what they're saying, but the tone of their voice, yeah. how they're saying it, the intonation, all of that. I
0: think that's why I make a good judge, especially for like speech uh, events when they get growly at the end. Or up-speaking. Let me just say, I hate up-speaking.
1: Could a, an obsessive interest in a topic... Be both a proxy for ability, yeah, and a substitute for determination. Okay, a proxy for ability, I get because substitute. you're not going to be obsessed probably with something that you're horrific at. I mean, you're, you're not. You're a good singer, and so well, thank you. <laughs> that is therefore a proxy for ability potentially. Yeah,
0: but what do you mean by the other? And
1: then a substitute for determination because if you have an obsessive obsession, a disinterested obsession, right? right you don't need a lot of determination. You want to spend as much time as you can with that, ideally. And, it, yeah. and if you had the luxury, I mean, we were talking earlier about genius, and you pointed out something that is interesting. Being a genius is almost having the luxury a luxury that a lot of people can't afford. So, for example, if you're a mathematical genius or an artist or a vocalist in a slum in Mumbai – You would have to have luck for someone to recognize that who had the resources. And you would also have to have the time to do your basic needs would need to be met before you spend a lot of time. But you wouldn't need to be determined to do something that you just naturally love to do.
0: Well, if you were determined, then correct me if I'm wrong, then you wouldn't necessarily be disinterested. That's correct. So
1: it really is obsession can, an obsessive interest can be a proxy for ability and a substitute for determination. Got and it. when people say, oh, you just have to determine, Mm-mm. it's really outcome based. It's not a problem. It's outcome based, but it is not the same as
0: genius. Get According it. to this. That makes sense. It totally I mean, geniuses does. aren't the type of people that uh, you're not very good at it, but you're just determined and you're going to you know, keep working on it, keep working on it, keep working on it until you're good at it. That, to me, doesn't seem like most geniuses, when you look at them or study them, they are people that have some kind of natural ability in the first place. Otherwise, you wouldn't be disinterested, you know? Correct. You would have an outcome. I want to be rich. I want
1: to start a company. Mm -hmm. There are some heuristics or rules of thumb that you can use to guess whether an obsession might be one that matters. And here's the thing, an obsession that doesn't matter to anyone really never gets labeled genius. You could argue, oh, but it is. But if no one knows that you're doing it, then you're not going to be considered genius. Except for your mother. Your mother, but that's someone. Yeah. So you're my son, the genius. Exactly. For example, (laughs) it's more promising also if you're creating something. If you have a lot of good ideas and you're sharing those ideas in conversations, but you're not creating a speech Making a video, painting a painting. Having a podcast. Having a podcast. <laughs> right. Creating something is more highly correlated with genius. And that's why when you think about the MacArthur Genius Grant.
0: Oh, yeah. well I
1: didn't know. Was that like how much? It's like several million dollars. Oh, no, dollars. no, no. The fellowship. Oh, so, oh. There, so there's the fellowship. That's $625,000, no strings attached award. I'll take it. To extraordinary Extraordinarily talented and creative individuals, and you want to know the criteria because you can't just decide to do it unless oh, you know the criteria. I'm I like, was gonna do no, it. I'm gonna give you the criteria. So oh, you can do it. okay, okay, okay. You have to have exceptional creativity. You're creative. I don't know if you're exceptional. <laughs> well, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> promise for important future advances based on a track record of significant accomplishments. Oh, totally. Okay. E- check, check, and check. <laughs> Potential for the fellowship to facilitate subsequent creative work. Huh. Yeah, Wait. potential for the fellowship to cr- oh
0: oh yeah for yeah, the okay. fellowship
1: to facilitate subsequent creative work. So if that's I could do that. Okay, okay, okay. 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 I right, can make that happen. All right. So the program is intended to encourage people, i.e., you, mm-hmm. of outstanding talent, to pursue their <laughs> own creative, intellectual, and professional inclinations. In keeping with this purpose, the foundation awards fellowships directly to individuals rather th- than through institutions. Recipients may be writers, scientists, artists, social scientists humanists, teachers, entrepreneurs, or those in other fields with or without institutional affiliation. So if you have an affiliation with a foundation that or a school it doesn't matter it doesn't they don't make them through that school. oh that's so you really don't cool. it's to the person so you're a researcher at Harvard they're not making a grant to Harvard through they're making Harvard. it to
0: you that's cool
1: and they're reviewed for their achievements and it's not it's not like a lifetime achievement award so it's not like a Nobel prize it's
0: just some money
1: it's an investment in the person's originality insight and potential it's to enable the recipients to exercise their own creative in- instincts. And here is what you were saying. It really does provide the resources necessary to turn a
0: genius into a genius. Like if you are to to turn someone who who has the talent into a genius, the
1: obsession
0: or or, yeah, the the
1: obsession and the talent into a genius gives them the resources like you were saying. Yeah.
0: Because otherwise it'd be hard. And that's why I wonder if like when you look at the awards where there are a lot of men because it seems like men historically have the resources, at least. To well, that's a really good that.
1: that's a really good point. Because when you do think of geniuses historically, they have been more men. And you think about Mozart. You know, that was one of the geniuses we talked about. Right? I like to call him Wolfie. I call him Ami. Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfie had an older <laughs> sister, <gasps> Maria Anna Nanner Mozart. Nanner. Wolfie and Shh. Nanner. She was a brilliant harpsichordist, and she performed alongside Wolfie as a child until she reached the marriageable age of 18, at which point her father wanted her to settle down, and he ended her career. By having her career cut short, Nanner wasn't able to fulfill a key element in genius, and that is productivity. Mm. Creating one thing, this MacArthur Genius Grant, really is focused on productivity how do we give the time and resources to someone that's a genius to continue to create and produce unfettered unfettered you know yeah that's really and you can't so nanner couldn't
0: do it because she was focused on her kids
1: well actually what they find one of the negative correlations with genius is children having
0: children i knew it i knew it yep Damn kids! What what do you mean? So because you're focused on your children, you don't have time to. Well, take
1: the bus ticket theory. It explains why people are likely to do less great work after they have kids because there's a competing interest. Yeah, and it's not just an external obstacle. Like there could be an external obstacle, meaning I have to work. Yeah, but this is an internal obstacle. Right. Having children is you kind an of inter- give up. It's not that you give up. It's that you have a new obsession. Oh, and having children and raising children is an obsession that is competing with what could be a genius. So you see a lot of women geniuses did not have children.
0: And there's certainly not a disinterest with children. No, there's (laughs) not a disinterest (laughs) Mm -mm. in children.
1: But it is a competing. Well, you couldn't be a genius. That's why there's no genius parents. Right. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. Maybe <laughs> the nanny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the
1: one that. Yeah, she's coming back on.
0: I know. I saw Did one see episode. That? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's already back.
0: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about the problem with the bus ticket. If you have kids. I mean, the kids would just totally ruin that. You go on a bus. They would just like put their grimy grits all over your bus ticket. And then you wouldn't have them to collect. And then where would you be? It's not just about
1: not having time. Well, you don't have time when you have kids. That's the easy part. What's in
0: your brain? If
1: you love doing something, you'll find the time. The real change is that you don't want to. You don't want to as much because your new obsession becomes raising children. And I hate to say this controversial, and it's not exclusively all the time, but biologically, there are maternal instincts that make raising children an obsession for women More than men. Yeah. I have to agree. And again, it's not every species. It's not all the time. It's not every single woman, but in general. Yeah. And so if you want to be a genius, don't have kids.
0: Do you want to know if you're a genius? What are you insinuating? Is this the list? This is a list to find out certain things that you do or have that make you a genius.
1: Are these things that you have to do to become a genius, or they're correlated with genius?
0: They're correlated with genius, so and they might
1: cause you to be a
0: genius. Yeah. So if you hear something that I'm that on my list, you, you, it's like you know, if you know you're a redneck, it's like you know you're a genius. <laughs> Is that the same? <laughs> it's the same exact thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, so if so, I if I if I meet these criteria, I you're should... either
0: a redneck or a genius. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but the thing is the thing I don't like is I can't apply for the MacArthur because you can't the nominees That's what are I was brought ask you. No they're brought to the program's attention through a constantly changing pool of invited external nominators ah. and they're chosen from a broad range of fields and uh, and areas of interest so if I hear all of these today or if listeners listen and they say oh I meet that criteria that criteria that criteria then you're best to, to next go out and research Who are the newest, latest, greatest nominators and say, hey, listen, I listen to Apply Curiosity Lab radio (laughs) and I met all the conditions for genius. Would you nominate me?
0: Well, I really when you were talking about that, I thought, well, I could use my obsession with voice, with the voice to do some good. And I was trying to think, like, what would I do with that money uh, besides buy a new house and go on vacation? And I was thinking, how could I use it? How could I use it? But now you're saying I can't even nominate myself well first of all you have to create something well i mean i i could do that i have no problem okay, so with what that. are you going to create well i was thinking that i could do something where i could create an institute that helps people with their voice whether it be singing speaking how that affects that's where my mind was going give me a little more time and i could probably figure out something really good but if I can't even apply for the damn thing, no, then... because
1: your genius has to be known by other not people, other people, other, and than then, you. And other than you and other than me and the right <laughs> people. So you're going to start a little institute for people for whom their voice. I mean, I don't know what problem. Something, you're...
0: something. I mean, I would uh, give me a little time. I'm mean, not just sitting here for two seconds, but you've had a lifetime to figure <laughs> out what to be. a genius. <laughs> I enough. didn't know I could do this for millions of dollars. <laughs> but then also I read this list and I've created this list. And I realize I'm not a genius.
1: Well, let me tell you about this one competition so that people can have this in mind. Oh. Because there's not only the MacArthur Fellow Program. That's a different program. There's a 100 and change. And that's a competition. Oh, MacArthur competition for a single $100 million grant. And it's open to any proposed solution to any critical problem of our time. I'm not sure. I mean, I do think that people's voices... I All can right. figure something
0: out. Trust me. Give me time. $100 million. Screw the fellowship. I want
1: this. Well, then come up with a solution to any critical problem of our time. What problem
0: would you pick to work on? The problem I would pick is some type of communication around the world. We're having a problem with communicating, it's creating a lot of problems. Maybe your vocal intonation has something to do with it. Would it be? Thank re- you. Thank you. Would it be research or would you just assume
1: the solution and then I would be working with I would. I, oh, there would
0: definitely be research. Okay. I would be traveling all over the world. Staying in nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great beaches. <laughs> Delicious margaritas. <laughs> How that
1: affects a voice. All right. You know what I would work on? Take a guess. See if you can guess.
0: We'll apply curiosity. Like no. It, I mean, well,
1: yeah, but this is, that's not a problem. As uh, a, I'm identifying a problem of our time. Bias? No. Bacteria. Yes. Yeah. I would work to fund research and development of alternatives to antibiotics and primarily start with bacteriophages. Yes.
0: The viruses. Mine's better. That...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think
0: so. <laughs> your t- no, yours is way the better. The tone
1: of your voice will make discourse more... Or less effective. I do, I do think, uh, how the, however, I think you're on to something. If you studied empowerment, I don't know if it's a societal problem, but you could tie it to a societal problem, and you looked and did research about high voices. the tone of people's voices. Yes.
0: Okay, do you want to know if you're a genius or not? Okay, yeah, go. Okay. I think I might not yeah, be. I, well, <laughs> I think I might not Well, be. Wait, until, wait until you hear. The uh, first one is that you're sarcastic. People that are sarcastic have a higher intelligence. Well, isn't this list wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, what's next? <laughs> You've been breastfed. Well, there you go. The L- There's a fatty acid, L-C-P-U-F-A, that is important to brain growth and development. And they're now starting to put that in infant formulas. I breastfed each child
1: for the requisite three months. <laughs> and that was the time that you needed to breastfeed your children for them to be geniuses. And so on the 29th <laughs> day of the second month, and I was so glad that it was a 30-day month and not a 31-day month, I was like, and seen done. <laughs> done. And I stopped breastfeeding right then. And then then it became later, only later was it that geniuses need to be breastfed for six months and then a year. So I said to my sons, sorry, so you're not
0: going to be a genius. Sorry, No, I nursed moses for about 10 months you did yeah and ginger kind of like you where i it was because she didn't want it Mm. and so right at that three month it was another sign that you may be a genius is that you like cats over dogs now you don't get a choice of other animals so don't even start with me and your seahorses seahorses but lizards yeah i love lizards but it says personality plays a part in that dogs are livelier and more energetic and outgoing and they take up more time they oh, they you're take right. up
1: more time they would take away time that you would need to work on something you're obsessed with yeah i could see that
0: yeah you have more time to read your books you instead of taking the dog out for you know a walk you don't have to take your cat out for a walk
1: although i did see someone the other day with a cat on a leash
0: oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that cat like, was probably like I,
1: no, it was just trottling. Trot- oh trot- it was God. kind of a big cat, like a big, not like a, you know, like a lynx or something. Well, that's
0: probably why. That's probably why.
1: I and it. I looked outside and said, not a genius.
0: <laughs> do you take lots of naps? No. That's a sign that you're a genius.
1: Oh, because I do take or I don't? No.
0: T- I don't. Taking lots of naps.
1: Can you just say whether taking naps
0: means you're a genius or not? I'm waiting to see if I'm a genius. Taking naps means you are a genius. And it's not necessarily about the sleeping. And this is why naps, not sleeping. Mm -hmm. There's a phase between sleeping and dreaming It's called hypnagogia, something like that. Do you know what that is? Am I saying it wrong? I don't know. I'm just laughing at your pronunciation. (laughs) Whenever you pause, it makes me laugh. Hypnagogia, I think. Hypnagogia. It's a transitional phase between sleeping and dreaming. And that's where like that... Mental phenomena like coherent thoughts, dreaming, hallucinations, and sleep paralysis, all that happens then. All right. So
1: I would say that in the morning when I don't have to get up right away when I wake up or if I don't have to get up with an alarm, Mm -hmm. I, you know, still get up reasonably early. And I sometimes luxuriate in thought. And if I can surf in that in-between zone, I'm cognizant of it. So I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. But napping, unless I was like up all night or sick, or sick I really don't nap. Although uh, there is a really good technique if you need a nap for just the quickness and not have to do it. So you, so you know what you do? You put a set of keys in your hand and you lay down. And when you drop the keys, you're done? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. You sleep. And when you drop the keys, you're done. Because I'm you... just not a nap person. No, me neither. I don't really like all naps. All right. So much for genius. What
0: else? Yeah. You curse a lot. woo we're geniuses. We
1: are not geniuses on this podcast. I
0: think I curse more than you do. Really? Yeah. I have a pretty foul mouth. Although you have a pretty foul mouth too. But geniuses.
1: Not- but this this podcast is not genius because we don't curse on this podcast. We pod- try
0: not to. A couple of times. Yeah. We, have, we've mm, we haven't been 100%.
1: Been... No. A <laughs> couple of beeps.
0: Okay. I know this. You're going to be very pleased. What? You talk to yourself a lot. I
1: remember when I was a new... Assistant buyer, department store assistant buyer. And my boss came to me and said that the vice president came to her and was asking about me and suggesting that there's something wrong with me. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and we were dying because she was telling me that he had observed me over the course of a month or so getting into the store early and standing on the floor of the department store frantically moving apparel around <laughs> while talking to myself <laughs> oh this goes here and that goes there oh no that's gonna come in next week okay no is that in the stockroom? and scampering around talking to myself like a I dervish. could
0: totally see you doing that and, and
1: my boss was like yeah that's what she does that's why <laughs> that's why we were able to flow the floor I mean because I was really good at merchandising so yeah. I could like plan what was coming in or whatever but I had to do it Talking to, and I do it all the time, talking to myself in my office. Okay, if you take this and you do that. Yeah. So, you know what? I understand why he thought that I was insane. But what he really needed to be told, because I don't think he saw enough evidence of it, was that I was a
0: genius. You're a genius. Another way you can tell is if you took music lessons. (laughs) I did take music lessons.
1: I got kicked out. Jancy and I took guitar, and like many other things, we got kicked out for giggling and making fun of the instructor.
0: Yeah, you and Jancy. But I I
1: do remember, midnight waters (laughs) keeps me safe and warm, they are good to me. Even in a storm, I can remember the whole song. You
0: guys wrote a song. Yeah, and
1: it was fabulous. It was called Midnight Waters.
0: (laughs) I think there's already a song called Midnight Waters. Well, that's because someone heard our genius and copied (laughs) us.
1: Yeah, no, music, that was about as far
0: as it. It doesn't mean you had to be great at it. It just means that you had to take it. Like one point. lesson
1: before getting kicked out? Does that qualify?
0: I, maybe a few more than one, but... What about recorder in fourth grade? Yeah, see, there you go. Okay, genius. Yeah. Genius, genius not a genius. You have a good sense of humor. I'm, I'm going to skip this one because I, I don't want you to hear it.
1: All right, tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you! Do it now. You're the oldest child. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking. I
0: think this goes along, though, with what you were saying about... Time. Time and attention, yeah. hmm Yeah, once the other kids come along, you're pretty much screwed.
1: But-
0: what do you mean you're pretty much sc- Oh, you mean if you, if you are born, whether uh, there's already a
1: bunch of kids in the family. Right. Well, fine. Tell yourself that, genius.
0: <laughs> do you like to stay up late? What time do you usually go to bed? I
1: stay up pretty late. I... Steven stays up and he'll fall asleep downstairs. So he seems like he's staying up late, but he's like sleeping and watching news and whatever. And I usually just come up. My new thing is I need to get seven and a half and eight to eight hours after reading that book, Why We Sleep. I'm diligent. So I'll look at my schedule the night before and if uh, the next day rather. And if I have to get up super early, I adjust. But for the most part, I would go to bed between 11 and 1230. A lot of these geniuses didn't get a lot of sleep. That is a totally been disproven like all who said who said Says, what was uh, that?
0: Leonardo DiCaprio
1: <laughs> I do that all the time remember one of the curiosity archetypes is Re- Leonardo, Leonardo Da, da Vinci. Vinci so I have said Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> in front of corporate Oh, no! Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: well, I don't feel so bad, but Leonardo da Vinci and Thomas Edison only slept for about four hours a night. Yeah, well, that turns out to be total BS. Nikola Tesla only two hours a night.
1: Yeah, no. There are biological... There's some very, 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 very small percentage of people that can get by on, but it's a condition. It is not correlated with genius. Hmm. It is far less reported and it's kind of that whole Silicon Valley thing. But you know what that does? That does lead me to the sort of fact. Okay. 98%. Oh, wait. I didn't say where it's from. Yeah. Where is it from? TPU. Turkish prestigious Tur- university. Oh, that is such a good school. It was a good school until Erdogan meddled and Trump pulled out of
0: Syria, yeah, and the quality of the
1: research has gone gone down. down. Sort of facts have become...
0: Not 87% anymore. No.
1: Now things like 98%, 93%. This one is... Actually, this one is 93%, and this found that 93% of people who say that they work 80 hours a week also claim to sleep no more than 4 hours a week. However... (laughs) (laughs) When documented by fitness trackers, both were exaggerated by 87%. Thanks for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. 2. In order to avoid missing curiosity-bitten conversations, subscribe to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally. All things apply curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to ApplyCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.